Good morning. Uh, We're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. So if you want to turn there and join me. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Let me pray for our message here this morning. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we thank you this morning for everything that you've done for us. God, we ask that this morning that you'd speak, that you'd move on our hearts. Lord, that you would cause us to be people who are connected with you in greater ways than maybe we already are. But Lord, maybe there's people here this morning who have no connection with you, who have very little connection with you. And God, I'm praying that you'd awaken their hearts, that you'd awaken their minds, Lord, that you'd fill them with the power of your spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You saw us just read from uh, this whole passage from chapter 9 of Luke from verse 12 through 17, I'm gonna be focusing on verse 12, and specifically that the 12 disciples came to Jesus and said, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. And then just the first part of verse 13, but he said to them, you give them something to eat. What's happening here is that Jesus has gone across the lake with his disciples to get away. He's gone to a place where he can debrief with his disciples because he has just sent them out and he has called them to ministry. He's called them to serve. He sent them on mission. And so they've come back and now they're a little tired from doing that. And so they try to get away. And what we talked about last week is that All of these people run on the shore of this body of water, and they get to Jesus, some of the Gospels say, before Jesus even got there. And so he gets there to rest with his disciples. There's a lot of people there, and it says that Jesus welcomed them. And so we talked about how Jesus welcomes us. He welcomes you uh, to himself There is no inconvenience when it comes to Jesus. Jesus is not inconvenienced by you. But they get there and they, and Jesus begins to teach and he's speaking with them and he's healing uh, all who were sick. And it says that the day began to wear away. And so the disciples begin to think to themselves, like, we've got to do something with these people. These people are all here. And there's no, nothing for them to eat. There's nowhere for them to stay. There's, there's nothing for them. And so they, they think 
you know, the best thing that I can do, the best thing that we should do is for Jesus to send them away. For Jesus to send them away from this desolate place. They want Jesus to send these people away from this lonely place, from this place that uh, there, there's nothing there. There's no hotels. There's no mini-marts. There's no bakeries. There's no nothing. They are there in a desolate place. And oftentimes, this is the same kind of prayer that we make towards Jesus. When we say, Lord, would you please help my friend and send them out of this desolate place? Would you get them out of this situation? Would you cause them to be in a different, a different situation? Would you heal them? But I believe that not enough thought is put into what is God doing in this desolate place? What is Jesus doing in this desolate place? We find ourselves praying as well for, for ourselves and saying, Jesus, would you please send me out of this desolate place? Would you send me out of these circumstances? I've prayed this prayer many times. I don't want to be in this desolate place. I don't, I don't want to be in, in the midst of want. I don't want to be in the midst of distress or depression or whatever it is. I, I don't want to be in that situation. And Lord, would you please take me out of this situation? This is the prayer that we find ourselves in. And today... As we look at the state of our nation and the uh, stellar candidates that we have on both sides, as witnessed by the amazing first debate uh, and so forth. So I'm not saying anything pro or con about either one. I'm just saying that debate was not very good. So as you look at the, the landscape of what's happening in our country, have you, as you look at what's happening around us with religious freedom, as you look around and see what's happening in our circumstances, one of the things that we could pray is we could pray, Lord, would you take us out of this desolate place? This is what we oftentimes do. Would you remove us out of this desolate place? But what if what God is doing is actually an amazing opportunity. See, we, we, we talk about the liabilities of what's happening, what could happen, what could take place. What we don't oftentimes talk about are what are the opportunities from COVID? What are the opportunities from a heightened political season that seems like is going to lead to civil war? We don't oftentimes think about the fact that we are in the midst of a desolate place that perhaps... God has created the greatest level of opportunity that we possibly could have. And so this morning, what I want to talk about is this, is that the true blessing in Jesus is found in the desolate places. The true blessing of Jesus is found in the desolate places. And what I want you to be thinking about this morning is, where is your desolate place? Where do you feel desolate? Where do you feel like you're not enough? Like you don't have enough? Where do you feel like you have major liabilities in your life? Where do you feel like you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed for God to take away the circumstances that you're in and yet God doesn't seem to do that? God doesn't seem to answer that prayer. And perhaps it's because... 
What Jesus wants you to see in this moment is that there is the greatest opportunity possible in the midst of the desolate place. And so I want to talk about three things. The method of God, which is the desolate place. Secondly, the mission of the desolate place and the message. So the method, the mission, and the message. And I think I mixed those up. I did. In fact, I switched this right, right before. So the method, the message, and then we'll end with the mission. There we go. Here, here we go. What is the method of God? The method of the desolate place is this, that God continuously uses desolate places to bless us. That God uses desolate places in your life to bring about the greatest blessing possible. This is what God has always done. God has always used literally the desert to bring about the greatest amount of dependence from his people on himself. That God's method of blessing you is by taking you to a desolate place, by taking you there. When you think about Israel and everything that, that they went through throughout their time coming out of Egypt, God parts the Red Sea. God provides for them over and over again through water coming out of a rock, through manna falling from the heavens and laying on the ground, providing food for his people, providing quail in the midst of that. That God stands before his people in essence through a pillar of fire or a pillar of smoke, depending on day or night. That God, in the midst of the desert, was closer to his people. That God was in the midst of the, the desert, that he was doing more things in these people than had they been in a circumstance where everything was just fine. That this is what God continuously does. And then you come to Jesus. There is no other place where Jesus does bless. Jesus is not in king's courts doing parlor tricks, card tricks. Oh, look at that. There's a rabbit. Oh, look at that. A dove just flew out of my hand. Something like that. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus isn't going to the people that don't have need and saying, look at all the amazing things that I do. Jesus is hanging out with the lowest of the, no, the low. Jesus does not heal. He, he doesn't provide. In the midst of plenty, he provides in the midst of circumstances where there is no other possible way. There's no possible way that this person could have healed themselves. There's no possible way that these people could have fed themselves. There's no possible way that the disciples could have provided it for them. There's no possible way that it could have happened. Jesus heals. Jesus provides. Jesus is in the midst of the desolate place. The method of God is that he provides in the midst of desolate places. And some of you may be in the midst of some type of desolate place. Some of you may be in a circumstance where, where you have mental anguish of, of some sort, anxiety, depression, difficulty with life. That is running rampant through our society today. I believe through many 
different means through social media and through the news and uh, through the way that people are talking and the, uh, all of the problems in, in the political realm. Like anxiety and depression are at the highest level and suicide and all of those things. We see those things continue to go up and up and up and up and you may be in the midst of that. You may be in the midst of experiencing the, the weight of what's happening in our world. Or perhaps you're in the midst of a circumstance where a spouse left you. Or a job fell through. Or there's a sickness or disease like COVID that's happening in your life. You may find yourself in desperate circumstances. You're in the place of a, a, you're in a desolate place today. But what I want you to see, what I want you to know, my prayer for you this morning is that you might see that God often uses physical desolation to bring about spiritual rejuvenation. God brings about these desolate places in our lives so that we can actually experience him. God brings about these desolate places so that we can actually see the difference between here's me providing and here's God providing miraculously. God waits to be wanted in your life. God waits to be experienced by you and he wants to be so close to you. But the problem is, is that many of us live in plenty. We live in the plentiful place. We have what we need. We're able-bodied. We've got the income that we desire. Pretty soon we come to a place of, of just kind of spiritual lethargy. Where we're, we're, in this, we're in this season where life is taken care of and we're not in a desolate place that we know of. And so what's happening is this, is that I am finding myself in the midst of life not really needing God. And in fact, my prayers kind of sound like this. God, I know that I should want you. I know that I should need you, but I just don't feel like I do. I just don't feel like I really do need you. But Jesus himself said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus said, and I think this is, this is what he means, is he's saying, I, man does not live just by the physical things that he gets from this earth, even though that's also something that God has provided. Man does not live just by that. Man does not live by the, the, the physical sustenance from this world. But man also lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the problem is this, is that we only have bread and no word. We only have bread, small b, not Jesus, the bread of life. We only have the physical bread. And we have no word. We're, we're, we're just filling ourselves on, on the fat of the land. We're filling ourselves with everything that comes from, from this world. And so we have plenty but the truth is that we don't have the word of God. We don't have Jesus in the midst of that. And you merely have bread and you have no word. 
The problem is that the method of God is to use the desolate place in your life to bring about a sense of need, a sense of I have to have him, a sense of inability, a sense of destitution, a sense of desperation, a sense of inadequacy, of peril, of fear, of conviction, a sense of shame. See, you don't need the word of God while your stomach is full. You need the word of God when you realize, I can't provide for myself. And my prayer for you is an unusual prayer. And that is that you would find yourself, if you find yourself in the midst of a place of, I'm fulfilled, I have what I need, I don't really need anything else, my prayer for you is that you would find yourself in a desolate place, in a desperate place, where you say, I can't just have the word, or I can't just have the bread, I should say. I absolutely have to have the word of God. I have to have the word speaking to me. Because here's what happens. I don't know if you remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar, but Nebuchadnezzar was a king in the book of Daniel. He talks about him. They have it right here. And one day he's walking on the roof of his palace. It says this in Daniel chapter 4, verse 29. It says, At the end of 12 months he was walking on the roof of the palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my, by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Is this not what I have done? Look at what everything that I have provided and friends, you must understand this. Americans are get it done kind of people who say, I can provide for myself. I can make it happen. We are self-dependent. It, it, is, it is a way of life for us that we depend upon self. And I got to tell you, while it sounds crazy on some level that King Nebuchadnezzar would say this, some of you are like, oh, why shouldn't he say that? Why shouldn't he be about that? But as somebody who's a believer, we might think, okay, it's not good to take all that glory. But the truth is, is that you and I, we look at the circumstances of our lives. We look at how God has blessed us and we say, look at the kingdom that I have provided. Look at everything that I have done. Look at what I've built I felt this way many times throughout my life where I'm tempted to take credit for amazing things that God has done in my life. I'm tempted to take credit for how did I end up in this position? How did I acquire that? How did I come to this place of influence? And I could stand on the roof of my palace and say, is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence. And God has a message for Nebuchadnezzar, and God has a message for you. When he says, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, for seven periods of time, 
whatever that is, seven months, seven years, we don't know. Either way, it's a long time to live outdoors. King Nebuchadnezzar is taken to a desolate place. Now, I am not saying to you that your desolate place is because of your pride like King Nebuchadnezzar. But I would not dismiss that too quickly. Because men and women, we are in a desolate place. And our greatest liability is that we don't see it so many times. That perhaps when the paycheck is coming in, when the increase comes our way, when life is going well, that that is the time to be most concerned. Not because something bad's going to happen, but because something good happens and we're no longer in the place of need. We're no longer in the place where we need Jesus. And that, men and women, is a problem. My prayer for you would be this, that you would pray Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9, that says, two things I ask of you, Deny them not to me before I die. Remove me far from falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name, profane the name of God. That you would pray that, like, Lord, I don't want to become so wealthy that somehow I don't feel like I need you. And if what I need from you is to live in desolation, then I pray for that desolation. If what it takes for me to follow you, if what it takes for me to be a part of you, if what it takes for me to actually be connected with you is that I would live in need, that I would not have the house on the hill, but the shack in downtown, that I would not have incredible feasts in front of me, but that I would have just enough and that I would be dependent upon you for my bread and my word, that we would pray that on a regular basis. Every one of us without Christ, whether in plenty or in desolation, is in the most spiritually desolate place. Whether you're somebody who's living in the midst of a desolate place or whether you're, you think you're living in the midst of plenty, you are in a desperate place because you're spiritually desolate when you do not have Christ. You and I are spiritually desolate without Christ and you will never have all that you need until Jesus is all that you have you will never you're never going to have enough as long as you believe that somehow there's something else better out there and God is gracious God's method for you is that you would be in a place of regular desolation before God. That you would be there and then in this place of desolation so that you can experience this Jesus because Jesus waits to be wanted. 
And he actually is expressing himself to you and desires you and is welcoming you to himself. But he waits to be wanted. That's the first thing, the method. The second thing is the message. The message of the desolate place is that Jesus is the one who will provide in the desolate place. We hear a lot about how God helps those who help themselves. That's not really the way that it goes. It's God helps those who cannot help themselves. God helps those who find themselves in desolate places and finally reach out to him. That Jesus is the one who will provide this. The message of the desolate place is this, is that Jesus is the only one who can provide it. See, our problem is this, is that we oftentimes find ourselves in a desolate place and we find ourselves eating the faux fruit basket. You seen those sitting on the table full of dust? At first, they look really uh, delicious. In fact, my, my younger brother, when he was a kid, we had apples that were hanging on a Christmas tree. And he, as a child, picked that apple up and took a bite out of it. It's been hanging on our Christmas tree ever since. But we find ourselves eating the faux fruit. We find ourselves saying, you know what? I am hungry. I'm in a desolate place. And so I will eat the things that I think will satisfy me. They look good to the eye, just like the the lie of the serpent in Genesis to Eve. They look good to the eye that it looks tasty. But the truth is, it is fake fruit. It is fake sustenance. It's fake everything. And so we find ourselves filling up on fake fruit, which is the, all of the things that our world says are the fulfillments of life. You just need more. You need another. You need something with greater technology. You need more likes. You need more shows. You need more prestige. You need more power. You need more relationship. You need another. It's the the fake fruit that our world says that this is what you need. This is what it takes. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That you're in the midst of the circumstances of your life. And you keep thinking, you keep reaching out for something else, and you're like, this is not doing it for me anymore. This is not making it happen for me. It's like a drug addiction. I have to take more, and I have to take more, and I have to take more. It's like any kind of addiction. It's just, it's never fulfilling. It's like I have a bucket with a hole in the bottom of it. I keep filling it. It keeps going out, and life keeps going away. Life just keeps escaping me. And I keep thinking that it's just going to be the next thing. It's going to be the next thing. It's going to be the next thing. And then that will fulfill me. Men and women, those of you who find yourselves in a situation where you cannot seem to get your relationship right with Jesus, where you cannot seem to come to a place where you feel like you are spiritually connected with God and that you are growing in Christ, What you must look at is this, is that there is something else 
that is lying to you and telling you that you are not in a desolate place because you have a fake fruit basket with you. And you keep eating of the fake fruit. And you keep wandering in that. And you keep thinking that this is going to be the next thing. This is going to be the next thing. Men and women, you will never come to a place of life until you come to this place where you realize that Jesus is the one who will provide for you in the desolate place. That Jesus is the one. And so we have to ask, like, how can I get to this desolate place? If the, if the message is that Jesus is the only one who can provide, how do I get there? How do I, how do I get to this point where I'm in this desolate place, where I can come to this, this experience where I'm... I'm sensing Jesus and feeling Jesus and and loving Jesus. If you're asking that question, you're already there. You're already in that desolate place and you just don't know it. You just don't experience it. You just don't have it. Because here's the thing. Although every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, Jesus in his life, Jesus in his earthly ministry, did not spend time in the bountiful places. Sure, he had dinner with some rich guys, with some tax collectors. But Jesus is not meeting us in the bountiful place oftentimes. Jesus is meeting us in the desolate places. And that's where Jesus has always been. Jesus has always been in the desolate places. Think about everybody that he healed. Think about all of these people who were in the midst of circumstances that were absolutely desperate. They, they were outcasts. They had nothing that they needed. Jesus is born in a stable. He's not born in some palace. He's not born in some beautiful place. He's not born uh, in this place where everything just seems so amazing. He is born in a stable. He worked as a carpenter. He's with the sick, he's with the diseased, the weak, the lame, the downtrodden. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and the unfaithful and the outcasts. Jesus is the one who's been in the midst of that. Jesus is the one who's been a part of that. Jesus is in the midst of those circumstances. Jesus is in, is in these desolate places and if you find yourself in a desolate place this morning, Jesus is with you. He wants to meet you there. He wants to be there with you. Then Isaiah 53 says, He himself is desolate. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. 
He had no beauty that we should desire him. You feel ugly? You feel like you're in a desolate place there? Jesus was in that desolate place with you. He was despised and rejected by men. Do you feel like people have rejected you? People have cast you aside? That your spouse doesn't want you anymore? That, that you won't ever get married? That you won't get hired? Well, he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. But then it says this, it says in Isaiah 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. See, Jesus became the desolate place. He doesn't just meet you there. He became desolate himself to minister to desolate people. He came to minister to desolate people, and he became one who was desolate. Ultimately, he will provide himself. He himself will be the bread. He will be the bread. He's the bread of life. He's the one that will be broken. Because the most desolate place that he could have gone as a person who lived in desolation is the cross. Jesus went to the most desolate place to find you. He went to the most desolate place so that he could minister to those who are desolate. See, you will never know how much you need until Jesus is all that you have. When you come to the point where you realize that this Jesus is the one who gave up everything, he became so desolate so that you might be able to live in plenty by his blessing. Until you see that, you're going to think that you're living in plenty. You're going to think that you have all that you need. But you have to see Jesus. See, the message of the desolate place is this, is that Jesus became desolate for you. And he's waiting in that desolate place. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I don't know what experiences or what, what you've already been through and what you're going to go through or where our country's going to go after this election, whether it's just going to devolve into absolute chaos, more chaotic than it already is. I don't know. But Jesus is in the midst of the chaos. Jesus is in the midst of the desolation. And he wants to meet you there. The last thing is the mission. Jesus says this. He says, you give them something to eat. The disciples are, are saying, hey, send them away. Send them out of this experience. Jesus says, I want you to give them something to eat. Now, the mission of the desolate place is this, is to see and experience Jesus, to receive from him, 
and then to be able to actually give them something to eat. Because here's what I believe, and that is that Jesus actually meant it. Jesus meant, I want you to think about the impossibility of feeding 5,000 men. I want you to think about for a moment the impossibility of everything that's going on. And I think that that's what Jesus wants you to do. I think Jesus wants you to think about the impossibility of what you're up against. I, want you, I think Jesus wants you to think about the reality that you don't have enough to minister. You don't have enough to give out. That's what Jesus is saying to these disciples. And I don't know how he said it. I mean, they're like, you know, Lord, Jesus, send these people away. And Jesus is like, you give them something to eat. What do you think I am? I don't know if he said it like that. I don't know if he said it like, you give them something to eat. Was it kind of soft and, and gentle? That's what a lot of the pictures look like. I don't know what it was like. Was it a question? You give them something to eat? I don't know. I mean, like, maybe you should. I think Jesus, knowing what they're thinking, knowing what they're going through, he wants them to go through the process of what would it take for me to feed 5,000 people? And Jesus wants you to think this morning, what would it take for me to feed those around me? He says to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And does he think that Peter is going to be able to feed all of these these people, all of these new converts that are going to come, does he think that Peter is going to be able to do that on his own? No, he doesn't. He tells his disciples before he ascends to heaven, wait here until the Holy Spirit comes. Wait here until he arrives because without him, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, the mission of the desolate place is to see that I will never have enough in and of myself. I will never be able to feed 5,000 people. I'll never come to that experience and realize that I have enough. And some of us need to see that with our kids. I will never have what it takes to make my kids into followers of Jesus. I do not possess the ability to change hearts, to take a heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. Jesus wants you to see the impossibility of the miracle that needs to happen because of your desolate place, because of the experience that you're in. Jesus wants you to experience it. Jesus wants you to experience the fact that you're in the middle of doing all kinds of things for Jesus and you're just getting tired and perhaps you're not doing Sabbath very well and so that's a problem too. But perhaps you've just been dependent upon yourself. Or maybe you're like a lot of Christians today and you, you've been brought up in the faith to some degree you know the Bible stories. You, you, you know the ropes of outward church. You know all of these things. 
And you're, you're coming to a place where you're just like, I don't feel desolate. I feel like I have all that I need. I feel like I have enough maturity. I feel like I have all of these things. And you just keep putting more teaching in and more teaching in and more teaching in. And oftentimes, really great people, and I know what you mean by this, it's, it's, it's great, but they say, I just wasn't being fed. I just wasn't being fed. I just wasn't being fed. And I just want to tell you that I, I'm not sure you have a problem of eating too little. I think you have a problem of having eaten too much. You have a spiritual obesity issue. You have come to a point where you have all that you need and more, all that you need and more, all that you need and more. And the problem is, is that you're never doing output. You've never exercised. You've never spent some of those spiritual calories. Because spiritual calories are spent by exercising spiritually. Spiritual calories are spent in feeding my sheep. Spiritual calories are spent in the reality of regularly and consistently ministering to other people. Because here, the mission of the desolate place is not that you would just get bread and just be filled, but that you would get the bread of life whom is the word of God, Jesus himself, that you would get him and that you would actually do what Jesus is calling you to do, that you would give them something to eat, that you would have something prepared, that instead of eating all of it yourself, that you would give it away. And that you would give it away, and that you would give it away. I think there's a song that says, give it away, give it away, get away now. You know that song, right? That's, that's, that's what it is. It's so old. It's like 1990, maybe, 92, I don't know, something like that, probably. But it, it is about giving it away. You say, I'm not in a desolate place. I have gotten all of these things. I am, yes, pastor, in that place of spiritual obesity. It is time to take yourself to a place of spiritual desolation. It's time to take your place, uh, to, to, to go to a place where you're giving out and you're giving out and you're giving out. You give yourself into desolation so that you may be filled again by Jesus and you give yourself into desolation because Jesus' desire for you is not that you would just reside in plenty but that you would reside in a place of desolation so that you can be in a place of need. He wants you to be like the children of, of Israel, to come to the desert and to be dependent on everything from him. I need your leading from me, God, in the pillar of smoke. I need your leading from me when I cannot see in this pillar of fire. I need your every. Word, I need your manna, I need your quail, I need your water from the rock. All of those things are foreshadowing of Jesus. I will provide for you in the desert. I will give you what you need. I will, I will, I will. And when you sit in plenty, or what you think is plenty, 
and you just consume and you just consume and you say, I'm not getting fed enough. I'm not getting fed enough. I want to ask the question, where are you giving out? Where are you giving out? Where are you ministering to other people? Where are you providing? But then some of you would say, you know what, Pastor? I, I just became a Christian. Or maybe you became a Christian a long time ago, and you haven't grown at all. No one discipled you. No one helped you understand the Bible. I, just, I don't know what I would say. I don't know what, it, what, that, what I would do. But in a parallel account in, in John, it talks about how there is just a little boy. There's just a little boy who has these five loaves and these two fish. And what he could have said is, you know, I have very little to give here. It is not enough. And so why even give it at all? And here's the thing. God blesses the people that give all that they have. This is just the little bit that I have to provide in spiritual direction for someone else. This is just the little bit that I have to provide in service to other people. This is the little bit that I have to give financially. This is the little bit that I have to serve. And God is saying, like, Take yourself to a level of desolation so that Jesus can refill you. Did that boy go hungry? No, he did not. He sat with the crowd and he ate till he was filled. He sat with everyone and he saw the gift that he gave. He saw God multiply that times thousands upon thousands. He saw his gift Minister to so many people who were in the midst of desolation. See, the mis mission of the desolate place is not that you would just get your fill and that you would be filled, but it's that you would take Jesus who has broken himself and given himself to you and that you would break yourself and give yourself to other people. That you would break yourself. See, as a child... We have to train children to, we have to train them to take things away. And so we take things away and it makes them very sad and very angry. Because maybe it's not good for them to have too much of this. Perhaps it's candy, something like that. We have to take that away because of their immaturity. And sometimes they throw tantrums. And that is what happens oftentimes when God sends us into a desolate place, where we throw a tantrum. We say, how could you? How could you? How could you? But when that child becomes an adult, instead of a mature adult, instead of somebody having to take something away from that adult, the adult gives it away. The adult gives what he should not have. The adult puts away from himself or herself 
what they do not need, what they should not have. Our maturity in Christ is that we, when we come to a place of plenty where we say, I'm not experiencing God, I don't feel like I'm in that desolate place. If I'm really honest with myself, I wish that I wanted God, but I don't feel like I do. The next step as a mature believer in Christ is to say, I'm going to give my way into desolation. Let me tell you what that does not mean so that we don't get caught up in prosperity gospel. It does not mean going broke for a TV preacher or even this preacher by giving away everything that you have to the church. We're not asking for that. It does not mean that, does not mean putting something on credit or something like that, giving some seed money so that God will work in you. What this means is this, is that you regularly consider how can I give myself into discomfort? Financially, spiritually, with my time. Relationally, all of, all of those Ali words, how do I give myself into desolation? Our church looks pretty good. And I'll be honest with you, I think it looks a little too good. You guys are too pretty. And I'm wondering, are we living in desolation, putting ourselves in a place where Jesus desires most to minister to us? Or are we just allowing ourselves to be filled with plenty and filled with plenty and filled with plenty? I want to see myself broken the way that Jesus broke himself for me so that I can give away what he's given to me. What does that look like for you? I think what it could look like is this serious conversations. If you're single with people in your community group, solid believers, and that you would identify some things. Like where is your desolate place? Are you in the midst of something that you're experiencing that you're like, man, this is really tough and I haven't been going to Jesus. I've been going to the faux fruit basket. But also... Do I even realize how desperate of a situation I'm in? Because Jesus went to the cross to show you how desolate your situation is. Our realization of that is repentance and faith. It is repenting. It is saying, I have tried to fill myself over and over again. I've continually tried to make that happen, and it does not work. And all of that was against you, God. And it's faith. Lord Jesus, I believe that your brokenness is what has brought me into plenty. I believe that you can bring me into plenty, which is by your bread and by your word. And so if you've never made that decision before, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ do not wait. Do not delay. Don't put it off at all. 
You must give your life to Jesus Christ, recognizing that you live in desolation without him. Let's go to the Lord's table here if you have communion with you. Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. But before he said all that, there's a couple other things that we need to remember. And that is this. Do you have outstanding sin in your life? Do you, have, do you have sin in your life that you haven't acknowledged before God? Do you have a broken relationship with someone that you caused that you need to go to your brother, or your sister, and Christ and, and deal with that? Coming to the Lord's table is a serious thing. And we come to it in repentance. And our repentance comes out in acknowledging our sin before God as believers. This is for believers. But it also says this, that you shouldn't even partake of this if you have been offended or if you, are, if you have offended someone else. And so you need to go to your brother or your sister and you, you need to work that out in Christ. Ask for forgiveness. Offer forgiveness. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Lord Jesus, we, we ask right now that you'd remind us of our sin this morning. Lord, we, we ask that you would remind us of sin that's never been dealt with with you before. Lord, would you bring those issues up, those, those thoughts, those feelings, that gossip Whatever it is, Lord, would you bring that up? Lord Jesus, we ask you for forgiveness for those things. We acknowledge our sin before you. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. And so Jesus says this. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the body. And that in the same way, he took the blood, the wine. And he's, he's witnessing to you and he's saying, I became desolate. I became desolate so that you would have plenty of love. So that you would have all that you need. And so that you could give it away. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus, for your body and your blood. It was broken and poured out 
for us. It's in your name we pray, amen.